The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Rainmaker FM. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, and this is another special edition of the show we traditionally call Writer Porn, where I interview a subject matter expert. And this week, audiobook publisher, award-winning podcast producer, and internationally acclaimed speaker, Tina Dietz, took a time out to chat with me about her passion for helping authors grow their audiences, why you should produce an audiobook, and the bright future of audio content. Tina is an entrepreneur and content marketing expert who's been featured on ABC, Inc.com, Huffington Post, and Forbes, to name a few. And her company, Start Something Creative Business Solutions, helps authors and entrepreneurs expand their audiences with audio content. She's an award-winning podcaster and an expert in leveraging and repurposing content, and her company specializes deeply in audiobook production and publishing for one simple reason. It is the fastest growing in-demand segment of the book publishing industry, and the barrier to entry is dropping rapidly. Tina and her cohorts love to help authors expand their audiences, income, influence, and opportunities. Join us for this two-part interview. In part one of this file, Tina and I talked about the renaissance of audiobooks, the fastest growing format in publishing. When authors should start thinking about audiobook production, the importance of reading your book out loud for editing, Tina's twisty journey from voice acting to helping authors tell their own stories with audio, why audiobooks are more popular than ever, and who can benefit the most from publishing an audiobook today. Stay tuned. The Writer Files is brought to you by my friends at copyblogger.com. Words that work. Build your online authority with powerfully effective content marketing. Get superior content marketing education so you can build a remarkable online presence. 
authors, bloggers, journalists, online publishers, and entrepreneurs. Head over to copyblogger.com to learn more. That's copyblogger.com. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. And leave us a rating or a review over on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. Welcome back to The Writer Files. Thank you for joining us today. I have a special guest on the show, and I am joined by Tina Dietz. Thank you so much for hopping on here today. Oh, my pleasure, Kelton. Thanks for having me. It is truly a pleasure. Uh, We have chatted in the past, but I thought it would be really fantastic to get you on the record to talk about something that uh, many, many of us know about or have listened to, audiobooks. What are these things? <laughs> what are audiobooks? These newfangled things. No. Oh, no. They've been around for decades. I think pretty much everyone has heard or had some exposure to audiobooks. But what's been happening in the last, I would say, even 10 years, um, particularly in the last five, is when audiobooks went digital and you no longer had to fuss with 10, 12, 15 cassette tapes. Um, I just dated myself in terms of my own age (laughs) or in terms of a a bunch of CDs or DVDs. Uh, Two things happened. The accessibility of audiobooks went way up because everything's, of course, on our phones and in our pockets. And the cost of producing audiobooks went way down, like 50% down. Amazing. So those two things in combination have over the last five years caused audiobooks to be the fastest growing format in publishing and to have um, double digit sales growth year upon year the last five years, sometimes reaching as high as 30% sales increase in a year. And I I believe we're going to break 3.5 to $4 billion in sales this year. Yeah, that's incredible. It's nuts. um, To see this uh, kind of a, a, you're calling it a revolution. I call it a renaissance. A renaissance. Very nice. It's a renaissance. Yes. Because <laughs> first audiobook was created in like 1929. So you yeah. can't really say it's a revolution. It's just, it's always been popular. Now it's just become extremely popular. I know you uh, are an advocate for authors and audiobook production. And yeah, the the drop in the cost is, is, is really, really cool to see. And, uh, you know, I know you talk about, let's talk about your website to start with, where listeners can find out more information about what you do. You know, you're an internationally acclaimed speaker, audiobook publisher, You've done podcasting. You've, you've even produced a uh, fantastic documentary about podcasting, which I'll point to titled, uh, called The Messengers, which I thought was a uh, really, really f- interesting look into kind of uh, the world of podcasting. But we're not talking about podcasting. We're talking about audiobooks and the <laughs> website. Startsomethingpositive.com. Startsomethingpositive.com. Point, point your browsers over there to see uh, exactly what Tina's doing. And it's, it's really cool. Once you get into it, you do offer a kind of a, a starter kit. I understand a free resource if listeners want to grab that. It's kind of an audio checklist. Yes, it gives through the entire audiobook production process, gives you best practices, and gives you also some uh, in the follow-up information, some case studies and really commonly asked questions. And we can even go over some of those today. Like, should I narrate the audiobook myself or when's the best time to launch? Those kind of questions, make sure they really get thoroughly answered. I think a lot of writers, um, whether you are traditionally published or 
self-published or just um, aspiring to publish in the future, let's talk about when authors should start thinking about this, you know, this market and, and getting into this market and why. Sure, sure. Well, ideally, start thinking about an audiobook when you are finishing your first draft of your manuscript, because my favorite place to catch authors is at this time, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. We primarily work with nonfiction authors, but it really doesn't matter either way. Because before you send your manuscript to editing, have anybody else's eyeballs on it, what you need to do is do what's called an oral edit, which means you read your book out loud to yourself. Yeah. And not only will you catch mistakes that you would never catch by proofreading, you will also catch places where maybe you're not making grammatical errors, but as you're speaking it out loud, you'll see where the tone can be more conversational, where you can draw the reader in more effectively, uh, where maybe your sentence structure got a little awkward. You'll also catch things like repetition. For some reason, we don't catch a lot of repetitive habits that we have as writers visually, but when you say it out loud, you'll realize, oh my God, I've just used the same sentence structure like eight times in a row. Mm-hmm. I never I never would have caught that before. Or I use the same phrase over and over again, and I just need to vary my language a little bit. You'll catch all of those things verbally, orally, but that you won't catch them visually. So that's my first place that I like to catch people. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, with a... <laughs> A hundred thousand page manuscript without some kind of AI or <laughs> deep computer algorithm learning, uh, you're not gonna typically catch that kind of stuff, right? And I think that, that the audio piece is um, has always been a, a very powerful tool for um, authors to, you know, learn more about their writing style, probably. Oh, completely. And and some authors resist it. It's like, oh, this is going to take a really long time. But if you want to really write a great book, it's it's worth taking the time to do that. Really worth it. Yeah. Really yeah. worth it. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. So just to start out, you know, you, you, uh, specialize in, and we can talk a little bit about your background and how you got, how you came to, um, helping authors publish audiobooks, but you, you specialize in connecting all kinds of authors, all different types of authors with bigger audiences through audiobooks. And I know you've talked about kind of the creative piece of the audio uh, book production pipeline, but maybe if you go back a little bit, how did you become this, uh, advocate and then specialize in the service for really, uh, guiding authors through the process of turning their work into audio storytelling? Well, that's a bit of a twisty journey because I've had a bit of a twisty journey. (laughs) You know, um, it's a cool story. Yeah, it's a good. I, I think so. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you said that. I have been in business for a bunch of years. Um, I grew up as an entrepreneur, but I'm trained as a therapist. 
So I've always been fascinated by the human mind and why we do the things we do. Just because of my background and how I like to get things done, I'm, I'm wired as an entrepreneur. And anybody who is an entrepreneur will understand when I say that. It's like, I can't do anything else but be an entrepreneur. I'm not employable in the least, right? I have to do things my own way. And yeah. so that's part of what led me down this pathway of audio because um, being a creative person, I've always wanted, you know, need to have my own creative outlets. Uh, and I grew up as that drama kid, you know, the the annoying one that's in all the school plays and <laughs> the musicals and all that right. stuff. Yeah, that was me. So in in adulthood, I used voice acting as an outlet for myself. And I absolutely adore voice acting. It is just such a fascinating world. It's so multifaceted. And I love the creativity of it. Well, I was taking some master classes in audiobook narration thinking, oh, you know, this might be a nice sideline. Like a lot of entrepreneurs, I have a hard time having hobbies. We always turn them into side businesses. It's it's something we just often do. But right. I was taking these uh, master classes and it occurred to me, uh, because my main line of work is business consulting and business coaching, that, holy crap, my colleagues, my clients, all these people I knew were self-publishing their books to build their platform, build their credibility, their expertise, to stand out, all this, all these things that they were doing. Not a single one of them was doing audiobooks. And I couldn't get over that. And I was like, why? Why is this happening? So mm -hmm. it was in those conversations with my clients and my colleagues and doing a bunch of market research where I realized that there was just a huge lack of awareness at the growth of the audiobook market, which, you know, everybody's seeing it now, but this started years ago. Right. I was kind of at the, the beginnings of that trend and no one knew how to get it done. Didn't even know it was possible to get their audiobook done or how to get it up in for sale. Right, right. So uh, I started doing some piloting of programs and it took off so quickly that it, it became about 75% of my company's business within about a year to 18 months. Wow. And so we just, you know, it was one of those things that I got super curious and, and also was presenting something that was unusual. So audio publishing has certainly been around for years. But mm -hmm. when I went out and I looked at all the audio publishers, not that they're bad companies or not that they don't do great work, they, they do. It's their business model that is a little outdated. And so for most independent authors who want to retain their rights, they want to retain their creative license, they want to retain their royalties, it wasn't a good fit for them to work with these traditional audio publishers because how they work is not only as an author do you pay up front, but you have a very limited creative role in the process of creating the audiobook and then you're basically losing most of your royalties and your ownership over that work and i hate that that drives me nuts mm -hmm. as um as a uh, creative person myself so i said well we're not going to do that i don't want your i don't want your royalties and i don't want your rights to your work you worked for that that's yours so we created a business model where authors could have everything that they wanted and they can still get their audiobook done and have complete control over the process. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but you have some background in podcasting, which Inc. Magazine called your Start Something show uh, one of the top 35 podcasts for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And um, you also have, there's also an arm of your business that, that helps authors connect with audiences that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so you've got your, 
you're doing definitely some really cool stuff. And then, of course, the audiobook piece seems to be kind of the, the cornerstone of your business, right? Yeah, I've been building businesses for so long. And uh, this has just kind of come up on top as something that allowed us to scale our services. And then uh, kind of the running joke around the company is, you know, come for the audiobook, stay for everything else. Sure, sure. <laughs> and so, right. But, but you know, because a lot of this stuff is very technical. And um, although, you know, we, we have talked about this in the past, there's this kind of uh, myth or urban legend, if you will, about the kind of the barrier to entry to podcasts being similar to that of, say, audiobooks, which it really is a completely different ballgame, right? And so you're freeing up authors to really focus on developing their voice and telling their story by, you know, helping them to take on some of that work that you do to get them out and in front of audiences. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought for years, I, you know, in an idealistic way, you know, you want to leave the world a better place than you found it. And for me, what that means is that if I get to help other leaders or help authors get their work out there, get their message out there, get their voice out there, um, I can do a lot more good than I could do just by myself, yeah. make more of a difference for people. I mean, books have been some of my best friends since I was about two years old. And I firmly believe that books saved me at certain parts of my time and my life. So I, I kind of feel like I'm paying it forward <laughs> or paying it back to what I have gotten out of my relationship with books, mm -hmm. whether they're like, again, fiction or nonfiction, it doesn't really matter those those stories those characters those voices those messages i mean it's a it's such a low barrier of entry for people seeking knowledge seeking entertainment seeking creativity and uh, i think the more we can get that out there the the better off we are um as people yeah out in the world so that's kind of my you know my my secret mission underneath everything the fact that one in five americans are now tuning into to audiobooks which according to Pew Research is a 28% increase in just the last two years. Isn't that nuts? I That's know. That's crazy. And then you, you see these bigger platforms, of course, Apple's going to get into the game or is, is getting into the game presently. Kobo. Kobo is a big one in their partnership with Walmart. Yeah. So it's not a mirage. It's a definitely happening right before our eyes. So this is a great time to get you on the record for, first of all, like, why do you think, why do you think that there is this renaissance of uh, audiobooks right now? It's an accessibility issue. Um, audio is by far the most accessible form of media. You can listen to audio when you can't read. You can listen to audio when you can't watch video. Yeah. And it spans across demographics and it spans across all all different measures that we that we have. We see young people listening to audiobooks. We see have old people listening to audiobooks. It's it's completely across the board, completely across the board. And the again, the the cost of audiobooks has dropped so significantly. It used to be that buying an audiobook would cost you fifty or sixty dollars. Now right. the business model that's kind of accepted, mostly because Audible is the 500-pound gorilla in the room, right? Audible dominates, continues to dominate the audiobook market. Sure. And would I love to see some comp more competition for them? Yeah, I would, because I think competition breeds innovation. However, right now, that's not the case. And uh, one of the things I look at is, well, how many job openings does Audible have? What markets are they opening? So I'll go periodically back and have for a bunch of years 
and see what countries they're hiring in. And they are constantly opening up new centers in new right. countries. Right, right. Um, and on average, they've had between 90 and 120 job openings for the last three or four years. That's constantly. amazing. Yeah. It's nuts. So that gives you a sense of the size and scope of, of what's happening. They're opening up China and India right now. Right. And that's so we literally most... can produce an audiobook in any language. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's most of the world's population right there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. It's going to be crazy if they, when they open up China. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. Okay. Get your books translated into Mandarin now. There you go. <laughs> Where can we do that? <laughs> I know, right? Wait. <laughs> okay. I have another business idea. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. So, who can benefit from producing an audiobook. And we talked about when you should start thinking about it, but who 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 in particular is going to benefit the most right now from turning their book into an audiobook? Well, authors come to me in one of two situations. Uh, one is if they're going to be launching a new book and the other is if they want to revive an older title. Uh, particularly with independent authors uh, or actually authors who have maybe gone through a publisher, not had a great experience and have either bought back or defaulted back to owning the rights to their material. Um, they want to give their book a second chance. They want to give it new life. Sometimes in the case of nonfiction, they want to do a revised and expanded edition, second edition of their book. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times what happens with authors is they write something really good, but they don't know how to market it. And they yeah. don't know how to launch it. And Rather than staying the course and being persistent, um, like most of us human beings, we get discouraged. We don't have enough positive reinforcement to feel like it's worth it to continue. And then the work collects dust, literally or figuratively. Mm -hmm. And I encourage authors to give themselves the benefit of the doubt and revisit their older work and say, you know, is it still relevant? Is it still good? And then potentially use the opportunity of an audiobook to give that book a second chance and have a second launch hmm. because it's a great way to get more out of all of your blood, sweat, and tears that you put into it. Yeah. And uh and and not have to rewrite it, not have to, you know, do it all over again, but to reach a new audience from something that you may have done one, two, three, four, five, ten years ago. Sure. Give it a new shot. Yeah. So that that happens, you know, pretty regularly pretty regularly. Cool. A lot of authors are coming to me saying, you know what? I've got so many people asking for the audio version. Um, I just produced a book, an interest, an interesting market. Farmers wouldn't hmm. have thought of this, right? Well, agriculture is one of the top industries in the world, right? We have to have food, sure. huge industry. But we don't really think about the people who produce this and what they need. Well, one of the top farm family coaches, this is a thing, right? came to me and said, I need to put my book in audio because these people are always out in the fields and they're telling me they want my work, but they have to have it in audio because they have no time to read, but they'll listen to it while they're working. Yeah. And it was just kind of amazing to bring that into my own awareness. I was like, well, that's great. What a, what a perfect idea to have people, you know, learn what they need to learn, do what they need to do. So there's a lot of hidden markets we don't think about. You know, truck drivers, truck drivers listen to an enormous number of audiobooks. Mm -hmm. There's actually a high percentage of truck drivers even that'll listen to romance. Little little known facts. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing because those are professions um, where yeah, you can work with headphones on, but you can't watch a a video. So you're probably doing 
a lot of audio stuff, which is really, really a lot exciting. of audios, people with commutes, yeah. huge audio listeners, um, anybody with a learning disability. A lot of times people with dyslexia, um, or other, other types of learning issues will prefer to listen to audio because a lot of times uh, the learning disability has to do with how they see things. Yeah. But the audio is processed differently. So we see a lot of that happening. And of course, the whole world of mobile entrepreneurs, executives, you know, people who are super busy, uh, a lot of those folks even listen to audiobooks on 1.5 speed and will speed it up just so they can listen to more of them. <laughs> um, the average audiobook listener listens to at least a dozen books a year. The average American only reads one book a year, which is sad. Right, right. I am guilty myself of consuming an audiobook in a couple days on 1.5 speed. Yeah, why not? I do have to listen to it a little bit normal <laughs> speed. <laughs> so it, and then get used to the to the uh, narrator's voice. Thanks so much for joining us for this half of a tour of the writer's process. If you enjoy the writer files, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. And for more episodes or just to leave a comment or a question, you can always drop by writerfiles.fm and chat with me on Twitter at Calton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. <laughs>